buddy of mine asked me if I wanted to go see Cheap Trick. What I didn't expect was him taking me on a trip over to the corner of Chestnut and Conquer Street in Manchester and telling me to pick one out. Hello, and welcome back to the only show to remind you that there is no physical evidence to say that today is Monday. We all just have to trust that someone has kept count since the first one ever. Here on the Beer Pod Network! Season 2! Because your theory is we're going to go down there and have a donkey barbecue and I want to furnish the ass, right? Hello, welcome back for episode 26 of the Beater Pod Network. We've had a good week here at the Four Wall Studio in Manchester, New Hampshire, and hopefully everybody out there had a fun one as well. So just to make sure we do this shit official, I am Peter Potties, Will in the back, and this week's mascot, JCR Lick Lighter, a.k.a. the man who came up with the first idea for the internet. So basically, he's the guy you can blame for a fuckload of life's problems. And yes, we are back with a whole new show, and this week we talk about... A former Horror Award winner from season one is finally being sentenced for turning a lady sitting in her car into a lady laying in her casket. Or we should say parts of a lady laying in her casket. The New Hampshire woman and her child that were kidnapped in Haiti has been released and details are still coming in, but we're willing to bet she ain't ever going back. And while the owner of one local New Hampshire business now knows what he'll be doing for the next 20 years, his new cellmate now knows who he'll be doing. Sad news hits Harlan, Texas, as it's being reported that Dale Gribble has smoked his last cigarette. And by that, we mean somebody's dead. What? He is. Two banks were robbed in two days by the same man in Manchester, possibly. And no one is surprised because, well, it's Manchester. 22 Walmarts decided to close because Americans really are that shitty. And holy Tony Montana, the mayor of Tampa, took her kids fishing and reeled in $1.1 million in cocaine. Guess whose kids are now the most popular children at their school? All of that and more on this week's Peter Pod Network. This week's email comes from Adam in Milford. Adam asks, and I'm going to skip the bit at the beginning because, holy fuck, do go back to school. But he asks, I don't hear you talking about Trump ever. Why is that? Are you a supporter for a racist? And yes, it actually says, are you a supporter for a racist? I just read these emails as they come in, folks, making sure they don't sound like they're written by someone dumber than a fucking donkey is on you. Well, Adam, first let us start by saying that we don't talk about Trump as much as everyone else is because there's no shortage out there. People making fun of the bad orange man. We like to talk about stories like the guys who went full gorilla a couple weeks ago and were chucking frozen bananas at cars on the highway in Pennsylvania. That's our kind of story. Not someone being indicted for like the fourth fucking time because he's doing exactly what we all expected him to do when we elected him in the first place. You can't put an orangutan in a room unattended and then get mad when he shuts on the floor, you know? And not for nothing, it wasn't just the missing words, it was also the way you kind of word vomited the whole first paragraph into something that resembled what you would actually get if you put a million monkeys on a million typewriters. And that would be some fruity shit and a bunch of nonsense. So if you want to have your email read on the air just like Adam and Milford did, you can contact us at thepeterpodnetwork at gmail.com. And if we're feeling froggy, well, we'll do what we do best. And you can find out what that is and why we are New Hampshire's favorite shitty little show. And giant assholes. And it should be noted that we are definitely giant assholes. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on whatever platforms you're listening to us on. Also remember that we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter's new handle X. And for those who listen to the Peter Pod Network at work, we made it a little easier for you, and you can find us on Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and more. We really don't know all the places where you can find us, so if you see a search bar, just type in Peter Pod Network and see what happens. 
You can find the archives at peterpodnetwork.com, home to all the songs, the bits, and the full episodes that have pissed off a lot of people who either can't take a joke or we think should be pissed off because they fucking suck. Plus, all those early shitty episodes can't be found anywhere else. That's peterpodnetwork.com, and uh, parental discretion is absolutely suggested. We do not fuck around. And we want to put it out there that our office is as busy as it's ever been, so make sure to get in your votes for which songs you want to have us include in episode 30, music episode number three. Last time around, we weren't able to get in some of the votes because we just couldn't get to them with everything else going on in time. So this time around, we're mentioning it a little earlier. So make sure to write into thepeterpodnetwork at gmail.com and send in your suggestions so we can make sure we're making a show that you want to hear. Also, the emails and Facebook messages that we received after last week's piece on the death of Paul Rubens, the comedian and actor once known as Pee Wee Herman, was actually pretty fucking awesome to see. You guys responded to that more than almost any other single story we've done since the beginning of season one when everyone was ratting out or commenting on Melissa Cody, a.k.a. the butt slut. Except this time you guys were sharing stories and memories that didn't include needing to make an appointment to get a blood test afterwards. It's not a big deal or anything, but I just wanted to point out that I was surprised and impressed with the listeners to our shitty little show. You may be assholes like us, but at least we're all the good kind of assholes, you know? All right, mushy time is out of the way. Let's say we get the ball rolling with... What are the words to the song? I don't know, but I'll carry on Because I've got something to say And here comes the rant of the week All right, the rant is back, and this week is no different as we found a whole nother reason to say something smells fucky here. In lie of the recent news that the retail giant Walmart is now closing 22 stores. Holy shit, 22. Most of the people who care, they want to know why. And to hear Walmart tell it, the reason is that the locations are underperforming. But it should be noted that is always followed by and other reasons. And anybody who owns a TV that gets the news can't probably tell you exactly what those other reasons are. That would be the constant need for guards to chase people who are carrying two TVs in their shoulders and are running like they just slapped Mike Tyson and called him a bitch out to their waiting getaway car. It's gotten so bad that people don't even care that they're on camera, and they're doing it in the middle of a fucking day. Remember the days when a criminal would wait until no one was around? they disable the cameras, pick the lock, do their best to sneak in and out without being caught or even noticed. Sure, they'd still have a getaway car, but it wasn't their mother's minivan that's missing brake lights and has plastic tape over a window. Well, those days are definitely gone, because nowadays the local crackheads union must have really upped that quota, and I guess you gotta pay for that shit somehow. Which actually is pretty fucked up, and stay with me here. They can steal 90-inch flat screens four at a time in broad daylight at the largest retailer in the country, who is also backed by the police, but stealing a dime bag or whatever you want to call it from Carl the Crack Dealer is somehow against the code of honor or something. And shit must be a hell of a drug if it allows you to punch an old lady, but you can't disrespect the capitalism involved in street-level drug running. And I know some of you are going to say, don't tell people to steal drugs from each other, you're going to get someone shot. To which I say, good. Maybe when there's left meth heads and crack addicts, Mr. Martinez, who works the counter at the corner store I go to, won't keep one hand in a shotgun every time I go in for a pack of smokes. And yeah, laws have to change make any kind of real dent in the problem, but right now I'm more concerned that the best entertainment in Concord, New Hampshire for the last year or so is sitting outside the front doors of the Walmart up there and watching all the fentanyl addicts get chased through the parking lot while they try to carry a full rack of clothes in some weird game of fall the tweaker. It's pretty sad that this whole thing has become an epidemic that is literally in every town in the entire country, Drug-fueled crime was never cool, but now that it's happening every 20 minutes, maybe we can back the fuck off on gun control for a minute. For there to be enough theft from Walmart stores, and we repeat from earlier that we feel we have to assume that's the real reason they're closing. They haven't come out and directly said it themselves, but to close 22 stores in one year because there are so many meth monsters out there who think they can steal a goddamn entertainment center on foot. Oh, Jesus fucking sailors. 
And I apologize for that, but it's just shocking to me that one of the biggest moneymakers on the planet Earth couldn't turn a big enough profit to justify staying open, because being a street zombie is apparently just that amazing. Now, no one is saying that Walmart's being put into the poorhouse. They still have enough money that if they really wanted to, they could afford to pay a personal wiper for at least two holes. These guys and gals aren't going to struggle to feed their families, and we recognize that. But they employ a fuckload of people in really poor communities, and it kind of sucks they get to lose their jobs, because way too many people think no one's going to notice when someone tries to walk away with the entire fucking electronics section stuffed into their pants. But this is the world we live in now, folks, so, uh, I guess thanks, Mom and Dad. Stay tuned, the sound company's next on the Peter Pod Network. the Peter Pod News Station's world-famous Stage 5. Join our hosts in discovering what makes you tick, New Hampshire. Is your neighbor secretly running a Taiwanese brothel out of his basement? He is. Are they open when I get off work tonight? They are. Do we know if they accept checks? They do. Can someone call my wife and let her know I'll be late? On it. This is... The PPN News. Welcome back to New Hampshire's only half-assed local news. And in our first story tonight, New Hampshire native Alex Dorsonville and her child have been released after being kidnapped in Haiti for roughly two weeks. 
The details haven't been released, and we don't know if a ransom was paid. But one can't imagine once they realize that now they have to take care of an infant in order to get anything out of the kidnapping. Well, we're surprised they waited this long before deciding that a crying baby is fucking annoying and makes it a little hard to hide in the jungle. Or whatever the hell they have down there. The victims in this incident haven't released a statement yet, but give it a little time and some network will get her to whore out her soul for a couple bucks to tell her story. Or at least that's how these things have gone in the past. Then that's usually followed by the book. And then the movie. And maybe a Netflix miniseries. And holy shit, this lady's about to be fucking rich as shit. Maybe Haiti isn't really all that bad after all. Also tonight, the owner of the sports zone in Derry, New Hampshire, has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for getting a little too friendly with a 16-year-old girl. The official charges were several counts of felonious sexual assault involving a child that are dating back to 2005. And for those that want more details than that, go seek professional help. But that's not all this mental midget kitty diddler did. After the jury found him guilty, 78-year-old Dennis Reed got the genius idea to use a jailhouse phone to make a bunch of calls and landed his dumb ass with witness tampering charges. And we gotta ask, why the hell wouldn't you make those calls before you were found guilty? The defense is calling the 25 years Dennis Reed was given by the judge in the case a death sentence as a 78-year-old is unlikely to still be alive when the sentence is completed. And most people probably agree when everybody else told them, then maybe you shouldn't be fucking little girls. And two banks were robbed in Manchester in two days, and so far police are without a suspect, and some believe the two robberies may be connected. Which, if they were done by the same individual, well, then this guy's a fucking legend. On August 11th, the Bangor Savings Bank on Banker Street in Manchester, a man walked in with his phone to his ear and really not much else of a disguise, which really, if you're going to take the effort to rob a place, at least make the effort to look like some kind of supervillain. At least do it for the kids. Well, he passed a note to the teller demanding cash and then casually left. And then on August 12th, the next day, a man covered in construction gear that covered his face like some COVID-safe village people reject, walked into the TD Bank North on Franklin Street and told the teller he was packing a gun, and then, of course, demanded cash. How both these robberies were able to be pulled off with no one being caught so far is kind of fucking amazing, and it makes us think the movies are full of shit when they show swarms of police showing up to stop the big bank robberies. Fucking Hollywood ruined yet another thing. Dan, sadly, after last week's tragedy at the Nasty Pets Pet Shop, so much semen. Well, they can no longer support the show due to their new legal issues. But fear not, true believers, we do have a new sponsor again this week. So please allow us to give a big thank you and welcome to the Love is Blind Dating Service. And as they say, here's a word from our sponsor. Love is blind. We can find you love in exchange for some money. Hi, my name is Derek, and here at Love is Blind Dating Services, we understand that you may not have enough time in your day to find that special someone. So we put together a special program designed to connect you, that's right, you, to your future someone special for a nominal fee. Because like we always say at Love is Blind, we find you love if you give us money. At Love is Blind, you can meet people like Brian. Um, I'm hi, I'm, I'm not sure how this works. Am I supposed to just, just talk into this? Are we, are we recording? Hi, my name is Brian. I know you can't see me, but my friend's girlfriend says I'm cute, and I used to own a car, but I never got my license because my mom says it was too dangerous, and tomorrow I'm going to the fair in Midland. If you want to go with me, that would be cool, but you have to pay for your own tickets because my social security check isn't a lot, and I wouldn't even need it if my mom would let me outside and play with the other guys. I keep telling her I can be normal, which she says I don't know what normal is, and sometimes that makes me cry when she says that, and if you were my girlfriend, I could live with you, and you would let me outside and see those guys and, and let them want to be my friends too, and then when my mom dies, we can move back into her house and throw away her stupid ballerina figurine collection. I can finally get a dog. Oh, and you have to like dogs. And my name's Brian. Whoa, ho, ho, Brian. You better watch out because they're going to be throwing their panties at you. So come on down to Love is Blind on the corner of 38th and Swayze. Love is Blind. We can find you love in exchange for some money.
Welcome back to another edition of Our World, our little way of saying, you're a giant piece of shit, but aren't we all? And in our first story tonight on Our World, we have another sad announcement again this week as the world has lost another icon. As most of you have already heard, the Johnny Hardwick, the voice of the beloved character that made smoking cool again, Dale Gribble, has died at the age of 64. The cause of death has not been released, but authorities have announced that no foul play is suspected, so either he unalived himself, or the man was suffering from a different kind of disease. And this may be the first time I've ever wished for someone to have cancer. We can make jokes that he must have pulled his own plug when he found out who Joseph's real dad was, but that's a shitty joke. And we really do want to honor the man who helped make paranoia and conspiracy theories fun again. So as we said to Paul Rubens last week, Johnny Hardwick, thank you for your service. Now if God could do us a favor this week and not kill another person who we think we should honor, that would be awesome. How about one of the Jonas Brothers? I think we can all agree we have two more of those we really need. And a throwback to the very first episode of the Beaterpod Network is back in the news, as it appears that since he was first mentioned here on the show almost two years ago, the 2021 Horror Award winner in the category of sports and former Las Vegas Raiders player Henry Ruggs has been sentenced to three to ten years in jail for the felony DUI death and misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter charges stemming from the 2021 crash that killed a 23-year-old woman and her dog. So yeah, we couldn't think of anyone who deserved a Horror Award more that year. Well, other than the actual whore who won him the category Internet Personality. But even though it may have taken a couple years, we can finally announce that this piece of shit is finally seeing justice. Though we were hoping for more than three to ten years for basically getting shit-faced and then setting a girl and her dog on fire. Though they do say that when the defendant is rich as shit, just feel lucky that the jury didn't acquit. Then CBS News is reporting that the mayor of Tampa, Florida, went fishing with her kids on her day off. Took some time in to enjoy her family and that fresh sea air. And all that must have been wonderful for Tampa Mayor Jane Castor. But we're willing to bet that day got a whole lot better when instead of a large sea bass, they hooked 70 pounds of cocaine that was floating out in the ocean waters of the Florida Keys. And you just know that someone on the boat was thinking about how to make one of those bricks disappear before they reached shore. But the mayor's kids had to behave themselves as their dreams of being the coolest kids at every party their friends ever have again were taken away by the U.S. Border Patrol's Miami sector who confirmed the seizure in a recent tweet. So what would you do if you just found 70 pounds of cocaine worth $1.1 million? Would you report it to the authorities to come take away? Or would you be found the local police reports with a mugshot that has some crazy eyes and a cocaine mustache? And another news reports were flooding in last week that the internet influencer, 16-year-old Little Tay, had passed away alongside her brother in suspicious circumstances that are under investigation after the influencer's Instagram account posted a message announcing the deaths. But fear not, listeners and fans of that annoying little shit, as Little Tay herself has come out and announced that the account was actually hacked and that the former star is alive and well. Most people were surprised to see the initial death announcement, just speaking honestly here, but we checked out a couple of the videos and were more surprised that she was a girl. We really couldn't tell until she specifically mentioned it, which is mean, yes, but after reading all the stories about her relationship with her brother, I think she's got plenty of other things to talk about during her many therapy sessions. And lastly tonight is the biggest fight of all time set to happen soon. Maybe not as Mark Zuckerberg is citing frustration with Elon Musk's inability to set a time and place for the cage match to occur, recently saying that he is ready to move on from the fight until the Tesla founder gets serious about it. But that's not all Zuck is saying about the Musk. I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious, and I offered a real date. Dana White offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery, and now has to do a practice round in my backyard instead. Well, we here have to say enough or nothing, but... If we can't get a cage fight, seeing those two go out of backyard wrestling style would be pretty fucking awesome too. No word yet as Elon Musk responds to Zuckerberg's latest comments on the fight, or if Elon has given up on the idea as well. But if they come out with a Bill Gates versus reanimated corpse of Steve Jobs cage fight, I think most of us will still be in. Oh.
trying to have-